Hello and welcome to another episode of Incrementals Podrick the Podcast. You're tuning into an episode number 12 in our measurement orchestration series. In today's episode, we're happy to feature Paul Cecilia, Senior User Acquisition Manager at Binance, the world's number one cryptocurrency trading platform. Pow is already a veteran in our podcast, as this is his third appearance. Check out previous interviews we recorded together later on. We spoke about market volatilities, about misconceptions, and real scenarios where marketers would need to choose who do I listen to, when different platforms show opposite insights. The interview was hosted by Maor Sadra and Hadar Tellum of Incremental. Before you start enjoying the interview, please remember to subscribe to this channel. We have a weekly episode featuring digital marketing industry thought leaders and experts on our show. Hello, Pau, again. Welcome. Thank you. Hi again. Good to see Welcome, you both. Pau. Hey, good, to see you. good to see you too. So how cold is it that you have a heater literally on you? Uh, it's actually quite cold here in Spain. It gets really hot in summer now, but now it's freezing for the past week, which is kind of appreciated, to be honest. I, I'm glad it is for a bit. I do remember once when I went to uh, Barcelona uh, around January, and it was so cold because I stayed in this like old flat everything is marvel and i remember sleeping in my coat with a beanie on because it was so cold <laughs> oh no yeah you know foreigners might think of spain as this uh place that is uh, always hot and the weather is amazing but no it gets cold in winter so if you're planning to visit um yeah your code uh so pow for the sake of those who have not yet listened to the fact that you've been on this podcast twice already uh would you mind introducing yourself yeah absolutely um thanks for the invite by the way it's always a pleasure and i enjoy these conversations very much um so hi everybody this is pow pow cecilia i am a performance marketeer i've been working uh in the crypto industry now uh for almost three years um I'm working for Binance at the moment, which is the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world by uh, trading volume, we must say. Um, it's 170 million users that we have now, so it's no small works here. Um, I've been playing around with pretty much everything. I started with PaySocial, now I've been specializing in search, did a little bit of YouTube. Um, I'm getting my hands dirty on ASO lately which I love, uh, by the way, uh, what I love about ASO is uh, the fact that you can trust the data. <laughs> you know, on our day to day, there's just so many, we spend so much of our time trying to figure out data and attribution, and there's no such thing on ASO. You just deal with installs, A-B testing, everybody's playing with the same rules, and it just feels more simple. Uh, so yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, that was a bit of a tangent. This is, this is pretty much a summary of where I am at the moment. So it's super cool to have you here. Uh, and I think it's super nice that you um, managed to work with ASO now that it's kind of still with kind of good rules, good performance. You can understand what you have and what you don't have. Uh, but in other terms, performance marketing, you still need to manage kind of uh, measurement and challenges and uh, you're not completely uh, out of it. So basically, how those measurement changes affected Binance or your own role uh, as a performance marketer over the years? 
yeah unfortunately this is the the reality that we have to live on on a daily basis i think i think the largest impact of all the changes that we've been seeing for the past years is basically that well we need to spend most of our time trying to figure out attribution and and data you know back in the day um we were all very comfortable living on, on our last click first click uh you know this sort of uh, direct attribution models Whereas now I would say I'm spending maybe 30% of my time just on trying to figure out what's going on and trying to make a solid picture and uh, kind of build a build a basement for us to make solid decisions. Um, whereas again, yes, that's something that, as you said, uh, it doesn't happen on ASO. So yeah, I think it's it's not only me. Um, I think pretty much every single marketer out there, every uh mobile marketing uh every company that does um, some sort of mobile marketing um it's something that they have to deal with and the biggest impact is that you need to spend more time and more resources on it and this is you know hiring more data scientists more data analysts uh trying to find uh alternative ways more tools uh to 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 run this measurement so yeah we're keeping ourselves busy and our job gets more diversified to put it this way do you think that your role kind of became more reliant on kind of marketing analytics or have you become more analytical yourself in order to do your job now? I think I've always been a very analytical person, which is an advantage for this job. Mm. Um, I love numbers and, you know, uh, playing with uh, spreadsheets and SQLs and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm taking this as an advantage. Uh, but yes for sure um our jobs have become way more analytical and more complex because of that um, we need to talk more to our uh, data science team now and build more specialized models and you know uh, combine different measurement methodologies to try to make sense of what's going on um which we can say that it makes the job more fun let's put it this way i was about to ask like which would you prefer like would you prefer the ways of the past or the ways of the present Uh, I think I would prefer the ways of the past, but I also think that the ways of the past were not the right ways either. Uh, I don't think the fact that we would have uh, all of our device identifiers and all of our cookies in place back in the day doesn't mean that that was the right way to do it. Um, I think I've heard you guys saying it in one of your, of your podcast, um, incrementality of something that should have been done forever, uh, all the time in the past. And the fact that that was not a real problem or it didn't feel like a real problem back in the day, it doesn't mean that people should have just uh, take it for granted and not do it. Um, yeah, but it was easier. So nobody had to do anything. It was easier. Yeah. And people, everybody was more comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all really changed because as you said, like you have to be more analytical. And if you like this challenge, then I think you can enjoy and thrive in this role even today. But if you don't like it or you're not very analytical or it's just too hard, then you probably maybe choose to switch profession. <laughs> but yeah. I think for those of us who like the challenge and like basically all the analytical, I don't know, questions and kind of conundrums, then it's a good time to work in this industry. I was going to say they didn't tell us this at uni back in the day when we were all studying marketing and seeing how cool it is to understand you know uh consumer the psychology of consumer behavior and all that stuff now it turns out that it's all about data which again i'm fine with it but i understand those who are not 
and um, you know they they came into the world of performance marketing, thinking that they would just be, uh, you know, producing cool YouTube ads and running large scale campaigns uh, on TV or whatever. And now they find themselves spending 30, 40 percent of their time looking at numbers and trying to make sense of what they see on the screen. <laughs> so um, I can definitely relate to that. Let's go for a different question now. Obviously, like Binance is in a unique position, but I don't think it's the only company in a unique position. But like what I'm referring to right now is, you know, a hypothetical that probably happens. If a certain crypto asset increases, okay, by 100% overnight, sometimes it happens, uh, Binance will see a lot of registrations, okay? Many of these will get attributed to your business as usual campaigns. Now, how do you today you know, try to even differentiate um, between what came as a result of your marketing activities versus what came as a result of the market. All right, before answering this, I, I need to give some context here. If the market goes up, if Bitcoin in this case, um, you know, uh, increases its value by 20%, and then we see, you know, hundreds of thousands of incremental users coming to the platform, into the market, that is not a good financial decision. <laughs> we do see this so so often, um, and I feel like it doesn't happen only on the crypto industry. I feel like you know if the S and P five hundred is going up, more people are going to be buying stocks. Um, I wanted to make this clear because it's it's fascinating to see the data. Just you know, Bitcoin pumped from you know uh, it, it increased its value on the ten percent uh, overnight, and then you see the increase in users literally it's a it's a one-on-one -on -one correlation almost on 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 growth against the price of bitcoin whereas people what what they they should be doing instead is just doing their own research understanding what the asset is about again not only on crypto but also in any other investment asset and um and buy whenever it's low but it's still at a fair value and it's a solid uh, asset to buy I had to make this remark because it's it's fascinating to see uh, these on a daily basis here. Um, but to your question, um, the crypto market increases its value um, overnight or month on month. Yes, we would see an increase on registrations, on you know uh, revenue generated growth in general. Um, but how many of those are directly attributed to our paid campaigns? Many of them will be attributed you know, based on what we see on our MMP, on, on the ad platforms themselves. But yeah, that's the million dollar question. How many of those are really incremental? Um, and that's gonna be a very convenient question for you because the answer for Amaz is yes, we use incremental for that. Um, <laughs> I am very, <laughs> I'm very reluctant to trust what I see on my MMP on the reports from what we see on Meta on on Google Ads. I still do take it as a valuable and a reliable source, but I think this is something that should be cross-checked with what we see in alternative ways of measurement, aka incremental in our case. Um, the way that we do it is we put monthly or let's say periodical measurements um, on top of these platforms at the channel at the country level. Um, and that's kind of giving us a, some sort of a, a secondary point of view that we use to validate uh, whenever something like this happens, which happens quite often, to be honest. The crypto market is always, uh, um, you know, increasing, decreasing. There's always activity, something going on. And it's important to not just rely on this one single source of truth. So basically, I think that 
the world of external events in general to come into what you just said um, is is very interesting. I can say that um, on my previous roles as kind of marketing analytics and gaming industries, this was one of the factors that was really hard to understand and have kind of any information about. So for me, it didn't I didn't have this visibility using MMPs and of course gaming is not as fluctuated and as kind of impacted as kind of um, investing world. Uh, but having the kind of ability to measure external factors and understand what they have, like what impact they have over the market is something that is super unique and meaningful. And I was actually very surprised to see how well it works when I joined Incremental. So it's something that I'm still personally excited about. And I think that it's uh, one of the kind of factors that people don't always take into consideration when checking a measurement uh, tool. So just my personal commentary. Um, basically, what do you think that marketers should consider is, um, like when they use more than one methodology of measurement, how should they kind of make the decisions and how would you basically understand what every measurement method gives you and how to work with that? Mm -hmm. I think there's different ways to go around it. And I think that every single player out there should find the infrastructure that they feel comfortable with and just adhere to that. I honestly, over time, I came to realize that there's no, there's no such thing as perfect attribution that we will never get it right at a hundred percent, not even at a 90 or an 80%. It's just a matter of who gets closer to reality and how comfortable are you with getting 70% closer to reality. Um, there's different ways to go around it. You know, as we were saying back in the day, we would just trust whatever Google Ads is telling me. Now we know that that's probably not the best idea. Um, but on the other end, you have the more of the high-end stack, which would be, I think, combining multiple ways of measurement. You know, you want to put uh, direct attribution uh, as a reference, but then on top, you want to combine it with incrementality measurements. On top of this, you want to run an MMM. You want to run, I know, surveys. Um, I think the, the key point here is to find whatever you're comfortable with and also something that is very, very important um, and that it was quite of a big realization for me is you want to make sure that everybody is talking the same language. You want to make sure that everybody within that company is talking, is comparing apples to apples. I don't want to be talking lemons and you want to be talking, you know, oranges. Um, and by this, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe a team is reporting based on traffic generation. Maybe another team is reporting on ROI. Maybe another team is reporting on registrations. And everybody's kind of getting their piece of the pie. Um, but that doesn't mean like the pie is limited. It's a zero sum game. At the end of the day, you just have as many users as you have stored on your database. No. And I don't think it's a way it's a valid solution to just report your own way. Uh, I think there should be um, strong communication across teams and especially within marketing, right? I'm talking about SEO against PPC, against affiliates and influencers, etc. Um, and I think everybody should agree on this measurement infrastructure. Obviously, um, a paid or a performance marketing team that deals with uh, paid campaigns, you know, we have a budget, so we tend to report to look more at metrics like return on ad spend for obvious reasons. So obviously there's some caveats to this theory, uh, but ultimately I think that it's, again, it's very, very important that everybody talks the same language here. And then we are constantly aligned on 
you know, what are we looking at? Are we okay with looking at whatever this platform is telling us? Are we all using the same sort of incrementality test? Are we putting all the variables inside the same incrementality test, right? Are we not skipping fillets, for instance, uh, which would be a, a very important part of our, of our infrastructure? Um, yeah, that's that. It's quite interesting because at the end of the day, there is, there is a very hard KPI quantitative. It's basically a company's bank account. It's a company's server showing you exactly how many registrations, how much you spent. There is a real hard input output, okay? But it's, it's as if everything beneath it, when it comes to measurement, attribution, users, it's, it's almost like a multidimensional puzzle that doesn't really exist. It's like all the pieces are in different shapes, um, different sizes, different countries, different languages, um, different terminology, and it supposedly all should make sense, at least directionally, okay? Um, in order to eventually get to this hard KPIs, input, output. This is how much we spent. This is how much we got. Um, it's that's that's kind of like what you're describing. It is, yeah, which is definitely not an easy task. I didn't say it was easy. Uh, and actually, I think most, I think most players out there are struggling uh, in any industry. Um, I think there needs to be a shift in the way that these um, that these changes are happening, the way that that companies approach all these changes. I think it's we as performance marketers we have the task to educate um, our leaders, CMOs, CEOs, uh, on what's going on, and we need to convince them that hey. Don't look at Google Ads anymore. Don't look at what Meta is telling you anymore. Um, invest in uh, alternative ways of measurement because we're not going to get it right. Uh, so, yeah, going back to your first question, I think that's another part of our job and a big percent of, of our time should be allocated there as well, spreading the word on the measurement changes. But what do you see as the biggest misconception companies have when it comes to measurement? Honestly, I think it's that. It's ignoring what's going on it's just keeping this old way of thinking and by old way i mean this five-year-old way of thinking before everything uh just uh collapsed <laughs> um and just uh ignoring what's going on and um not being willing to put the efforts in um investing in alternative ways of measurement um i don't think that's an option anymore to be honest uh there's uh, I know you're not talking about, and I'm not sure you guys know way better than myself, that um, extrapolating data from Android behavior to iOS user behavior is a thing. Um, well, I, I see how you're looking at me more, but I'm sure that you know that that's a thing, isn't it? Of course it's a thing. It's a thing. And again, like people will use a lot of things. And question <laughs> is, again, do you make that your single source of truth? Exactly. But this is, again, this is a thing happening in the industry. And that's, I think that's a mistake. I personally think that's not the way to go. Um, however, it's the easy solution, no? Hey, number looks green. Let's just go for it. Um, let's just extrapolate whatever is happening. No, we've, and, seen, uh, we've, we've seen the same, by the way, happen with like countries. It's like, oh, uh, you know, it's behaving like this in uh, Mexico. We're just going to apply the same to Spain. Why? Uh, you know, they both speak a similar language. Makes, <laughs> makes zero sense, 
but I've seen companies do that as well. It is, yeah. And um, now that again, now that I'm playing a little bit with ASO, and again, I can't stress enough how much I love those reports, how simple it is. Um, you do see firsthand um, how different the behavior is from an Android user to an iOS user. You might launch an A-B test testing a very simple but very impactful element like, I don't know, the first screenshot, your short description, whatever it is. And you might get completely different results based on whatever you're launching on the Google Play Store for the same country against, uh, against the App Store for, for iOS devices. So that's, that was kind of a big realization for me to see, hey, this is really, these users are really behaving very differently. And um, everybody, like, I don't think anybody should be um, taking for granted the fact that this is happening. And you know, a way to fix this, this issue is just by, again, implementing all of these um, solutions that we have in place, fortunately. So basically, if you have all those solutions in place, and we talked a bit about kind of aligning the lingo in the organization and making sure that everyone is speaking about the same like sort of same numbers and understand what they're looking at and what factors they bring in. But if you have kind of a solid question, you have um, MMP or some source of data telling you you have 10,000 conversion for a single kind of activity, but you have incrementality telling you that you got zero um, conversions for the same activity, which one would you kind of believe or how would you work with that? Yeah, so that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, I was thinking about it and <clears throat> if I'm a new joiner on a marketing team and I see that they're just relying on deterministic ways of measurement and I come with this, uh, you know, new approach, let's run a few incrementality tests here and there, let's run an MMM study. Um, and this incrementality measurement is telling you, as you said, uh, there's, there's no incremental value that this channel is being provided. I, <laughs> we should stop this channel and you know um just cancel everything that we've been doing so far i think i'm gonna get fired i don't think i'm gonna last too much in that company to be honest so uh what i'm trying to say here is that you're you're basically trying to you're basically dropping a bomb in these marketing teams and you're challenging everything that they have believed in for the past uh you know uh years so you have to be very careful when these um when these two methodologies contradict each other and um you have to uh, really rely on the measurement infrastructure that you have um i personally don't know what i would do to be honest um i want to think that i would trust uh what my incrementality measurements are telling me but that's not really an easy decision to make um, I might probably run a different test in different countries, try to understand what's the reason behind it. You know, if there's uh, uh, any sort of pattern between our audiences, maybe it's a, there's some sort of a seasonality effect or it's just a one-time uh, situation that happened for whatever reason. Try to find more data points uh, to get closer to the truth because here you're having basically two channels that are contradicting each other completely. Um, but you know what? I think I'm going to bounce this question back to you guys and see what would you do here. Yeah, I would. I, I agree with you generally, but I would say that having incrementality showing zero doesn't mean that you have to pause this channel and stop it. I think you should 
kind of be more suspicious of this channel and kind of try to see, okay, if I scale it down, what happens? Do I lose anything? Do I gain anything? Do it like how does my market look like when I just scale down? And then it's kind of more um you know, it's sensible and it's not something that uh, you will get fired over, <laughs> I hope. Um, and I think, it, as you said, like trying to understand how it looks like um, across different timeframes and across different spend levels, because the spend level is also a factor here. Um, incrementality at 10K uh, daily spend or incrementality at 100K daily spend or at 1K is different. Right. If you just started the activity or if you're already kind of overspending, uh, then incrementality matters more on higher spend levels. It may be that both are correct, that attribution kind of give you some value, but overall in your current spend level, like your marginal um, input is low and then you should scale down. You may still gain value from this kind of activity, but just not at this spend level. So you always have to be very cautious about kind of other factors that get, go into place here because you have to take in the current spend level, you have to take in the context, the market, like your OS, your country, other um, channels. Since we are talking contribution rather than attribution, then everything is contextual to what else is impacting the marketing at the same time. So I think those factors are to be considered. And as a next step, I would just kind of scale down and see what happens. I would, yeah, <laughs> I would, I would actually like, um, so first of all, for me, this would be a very, very big red alert, red alert, red alert. You got to check it. First thing again, like uh, being a measurement junkie, um, first of all, I'll try to understand, okay, um, how is the 10,000 attributed? Is this SK ad network? Is it fingerprinting? Is it cookies? Is it web? Is it mobile? Is it what is it? Okay. If it's SK ad network, then at least I have some comfort that it is actually getting attributed. Okay. It's not fraudulent. It's not non-existent. It's there. It just might be cannibalizing organics or other channels, which to be fair, if incrementality shows zero and like it's still getting attributed fairly, I'm definitely not going to jump into like stopping it because actually it says, hey, this channel has a really, really, really good overlap with my user base. Okay. There's a lot I can do. On the other hand, if it's all like fingerprinting and attribution is showing me zero, sorry, 10,000 incrementality is showing me zero. That's a very big red flag. Okay. Then I'm going to really start checking, challenging, testing, because it, it actually could like be fraud. Okay. Fraud seems to be a topic that is like not discussed anymore. I don't know. I do know why. It's not something anyone wants to talk about, but it's still there. It didn't just disappear overnight. It is there. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, would be my thing. approach. I would see it as a big red uh, red alert uh, and start digging into like the actuals of the measurement. Uh, again, what methodology, SK network, fingerprinting, cookies, um, try to figure out again, is this like a really bad red alert? Or is it an okay red alert? Yeah, as you can see, this is super simple and all our answers here are very <laughs> <laughs> straightforward. Right, a second to understand that you're being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> wow, um, since apparently you're an avid listener, um, you know that we also have this fun question. 
um, before um, we have another question for you. But uh, let's start with the fun question. Okay. So um, this whole series is talking about measurement orchestration. It's a follow-up on the white paper we launched. And if you would be in an orchestra, which instrument would you play? I think it would be, hmm, I think it would be something like a violin, I think. Um, violins are subtle, are, uh, how would you say? Violins are fun, I think. I wouldn't be the director of the orchestra, for sure not. <laughs> um, but I would be kind of playing on the side, but uh, making, a, you know, it's what gives it the, the sherry on top, I would say. But, but they can also your, be the protagonists of the of the whole thing. In your ASO hat, you are the conductor, right? You are the puppet master of users, basically testing around this screenshot, this screenshot, this button, this text, just to see how users react. Mm -hmm. So you are definitely are the conductor. Um, but at the same in, time, ASO is just a small element of um, the whole thing. He's the lead on the orchestra, so it's kind of a <laughs> depends <laughs> on the, yeah, what you're playing. So another question that we kind of have just for you, do you have any question for us, fun or not fun, or just general fun? <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, I'll go for something very generic. Uh, let's see, how do you guys feel? Where are you guys gonna be in five years from now? Ooh, tough ones. We gave uh -huh. something light and nice. <laughs> Uh, but you know I'm, I'm 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 gonna so you can answer in any area you want you can take it personally you can think about your work no i'm gonna definitely uh like talk about incremental five years because again there's always the dream and there's always the vision um first i think again like we started we had a pretty simple mission and it was to evolve people from counting clicks to measuring value okay that's kind of like something that in a way, it bugged me this, that like marketing measurement shouldn't be about counting clicks, counting like matches. Um, again, yes, in an ideal world, everything would be trackable. You could track everything, but everything is anonymized. So you don't um, actually like hinder on users' privacy, but we are not in a perfect world. Okay. You can't do that. Okay. And honestly, if you ask users, hey, why did you come? Like, why did you convert? They don't really know because. Marketing works in so many like areas, and especially once you become a pretty well-known global brand and the market influences you, it's just not as simple as like, hey, user, why did you convert? Why did you register? They have absolutely no idea most of the time. Um, so I would say that like five years, so first of all, the market works in our favor um, or it continues working in our favor. Because most people start understanding that maybe tracking users wasn't really such a great way to like make your entire marketing decisions. Okay, it's great. It's great when you can track it. It's a great proxy. Uh, um, again, when you have like useful data, your your example with ASO because it's like first party data of the app stores, so you have access to it, and it's actually pretty cool, and you can do a lot of stuff with it. But I would say that like five years from now. I would hope that most like marketers who are involved in digital marketing kind of get it that the user level tracking was never really the best form of marketing measurements. And, and that on its own is like a great uh, 
great way for Incremental to continue growing, uh, to be in the forefront of this uh, like evolution. That's my hope and wishes. Maybe in five years we can figure out word of mouth. That would be my dream. <laughs> you know, um, if you think about it, most of your purchases, or at least mine, are my 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 purchasing decisions are made based off word of mouth or what my friends tell me, you know, what they see, family, whatever. But as you said, where does word of mouth comes from? What's the origin of that? You know, somebody yeah. at some point might have made a decision because they saw an ad and then they told their friends and then they saw another ad and that kind of compounded. Um, but it is when you talk to a friend that everything yeah, kind of gets blurry. I think that's the whole idea of influencer marketing, which is why I think influencer marketing is actually probably the most important channel out there. And it's not just marketing, right? It's everything in the world is influenced by marketing and by people who kind of put in messages into social media. And then you kind of discuss this with your friends. And even if you're judgmental to what you see online, once you, you are kind of discussing this with your friends and family, you're kind of reducing the judgmental view of that and then you just remember what those people told you and you don't have kind of the reflection of whether or not this was true or not so I think that our role as marketers is becoming even more important more crucial because we are kind of influencing people's minds in a sense so we always need to be very sensible and very kind of cautious about also the messages that we put in that's right there's a bit of a an ethic dilemma behind it as well, yeah. Yeah, and it's our role to protect our users as well, of course. So no pressure, Hadar, but uh, <laughs> what's your answer? Yeah, I will be the, the ethical uh, person. No, I'm uh, joking. I will join Or's vision and I hope to be kind of part of that and see how the industry grows um, within five years. And that's, that's my answer. <laughs> we'll talk again in five years and see where we are. Yeah. I think we'll talk uh, before that. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, Paus, thank you very much. Um, and by the way, it's funny because tomorrow you're flying, right? You said? Yeah. Do you remember our first podcast ever? I do. I listened to it yesterday, actually. I remember. <laughs> but you were literally finishing up and running to the airport. So at least now you have some time. Yeah, I I'd rather do it now than... You know, whenever I'm jet lagged and my brain is a bit fried for a few days. Um, yeah. Cool. So thank you very much and have a great rest of the day and safe travels. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>